Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, we're going to get into the Word today, but before we do, I just want to quickly give uh, just a couple, uh, just a thought for you, something coming up we're super excited about. We have on February 2nd um, a new look and a new time, and we're super excited about this is because uh, in December, we took something called a Heart for the House offering, and you were so generous and gave over $22,000 to support what we're trying to do in 2020, trying to go to the next level. And one of the ways we're doing that is with four areas, our, our worship gathering in this room, our kids' experience, our first impressions, all of our signage, and all of our different experience out there, as well as a building, a permanent building fund. Hallelujah. For those of you who put up pipe and drink today, you're like, come on, I gave extra to that. All right. So we're excited because on February 2nd, we are launching this new look, and we are launching a new time. This whole room is going to look completely different. We've had it this way for almost two years now. And so when you walk in here on February 2nd, it's going to look completely different. We're going to have just a whole new look. It's going to be super exciting. And the whole idea behind that is we want to begin to try to expand a little bit more space because we're kind of pushing back. We want to actually turn it so that we can actually fit more people in the room before we launch into two services, Lord willing, by the middle of the year. And so also our kids' ministry, one super exciting thing is that we are uh, beginning to start a program called The Champions. And Champions is for uh, just our, our friends and in our kids' ministry. You just need a little bit of extra support. Our ki- uh, kiddos in the ministry just need some maybe partnership. And so we're starting something called The Champions where uh, those kiddos who just need a one-on-one partner, uh, we're going to begin to provide that, uh, that partnership with them in our classes. So we'll have some sensory sections for those kiddos as well as just our new look, new signage. Uh, Brittany's designed some amazing stuff stuff. Also, our new flags. If you saw our new flags this morning, you think, man, those look pitiful. Don't worry. They're leaving here in a couple of days. You're thinking, wow, that looks really terrible. It's okay. I just wanted to get your attention on how bad it looks. <laughs> we put flags out here. Anyways, no, so it looks, uh, it looks fine, but uh, we're actually replacing all new flags. We're updating all of our signage outside. We're going to start. So we're just trying to bring it up to the next level so that when you come to church, you have even a better experience, but also when you invite your friends and your family, they come in and just the experience is going to a next level. Uh, one of those changes we're also making is would obviously impact everyone in the room and everyone a part of the churches. We're going to shift our service time by 30 minutes back. And the heart behind that is because firstly, 11 o'clock is a pretty late service. Uh, there's a lot of families in the room who would love to be able to get to church. And honestly, I want to get you out of church before noon so that you can get to lunch. So Because I know what happens during the last 15 minutes of the sermon. You guys are thinking about your food and you're thinking about the farmer's market and when is this guy going to wind it up? He keeps saying he's lining the plane, but he keeps circling the airport. I just don't know what to do? Should I leave now or what? No, we want to get you out. Uh, also, our set tent teardown team is here sometimes till two o'clock, and we want to be honorable to them. But also, the heart of it is is that it's a bit of a morning service. It's a bit of a of a, of a, a later morning service. And the heart behind it is to get us into a, a service rhythm that kind of connects with both groups of people who say, "I love the later and I love the earlier." And the heart behind it is, Lord willing, we want to see you begin to invite your friends and your family members to church who don't know Jesus or maybe just need a great home. Let's pack this place out, and we want to launch two services. And some of the 
the heart behind that is we might even want launch a Saturday night service. Um, uh, there's some things in our heart to maybe in the future do a Thursday night service or maybe a nine o'clock service. So we're just kind of praying about what the Lord wants. But in 2020, we just want to create more opportunities for more people to be able to come into the house of God, to experience great community. Hey, guess what? We hate religion here. We just love relationship with Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we're here not promoting an institution. We're here promoting the name of Jesus and partnership and community. And we want to study the word of God together. We want to know Jesus better this year. Come on, we want to experience, you know, as, as Andrew says eloquently, we want to feel the goosebumps like an American Idol jury. Ooh, I felt the goosebumps during the presence of God. We want to feel his bumpies. You know, we want to feel the presence of the Lord. We want to feel the presence of God. And we just want to create a place where people in 2020 can know Jesus and experience an abundant life. Amen. So I just want to say thank you for your generosity with that, and we'll launch that on February 2nd. So make sure you mark your calendar. So uh, I was going to make a snarky comment, but I won't, so that you can be on time to church. Hallelujah, on time. Listen, we all prepare and get ready, so come on to time to church. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, 2020, my New Year's resolution is, repeat after me, I'm going to be on time to church. In fact, keep going, in fact, I'm going to be 10 minutes early. I'm going to grab a coffee, keep going. Come on, look at your neighbor. Keep going. I'm going to grab a coffee. I'm going to talk to my friends. I'm going to wait to get a seat. And right when that service starts, two minutes before, keep going. I'm going to flood in and just be like, wow! Thank you for those of you who are committed to that last part. So anyways, we're just excited and we just want to reach more people. God's allotted people for us to reach this year. It's his choice. We don't have to strive for that. He reach, he'll, he'll reach people. But we just need to be faithful to share our faith, invite people to church to know Jesus better, to be a part of a community, a community where we just want to do this together. There's no agenda. I'm just like you. I'm not wearing a collar and not saying more holy prayers than you do. I'm just like you are. I just happen to um, be a reverend, which means all that means is I can marry you. It doesn't mean I'm more holy than you. <laughs> Amen. Come on, we're going to get into our words today. We just started a series last week called Discover Life Change, and we're going to continue with this, uh, this series today. We're going to be in here doing this for the, next, uh, for the next eight weeks, I think, or six weeks, I'm sorry. This is the, the second week of that. It's going to be awesome, and we're just going to get right into it today. Last week, we talked a little bit about how challenging it can be, can be to hear God's voice. And we talked a little bit about how to confirm that I'm hearing God's voice. How do I confirm that I'm actually hearing God? And we talked about how God's voice is like a quiet whisper and how, how the way to, to the God's voice sounds like an echo from other godly followers of God and how God's voice is, sounds like God's word, about how you can confirm that God's speaking to you is that God often speaks in his native language called the Bible. He'll speak to you through the Bible. And it, it, sometimes, though, it's very, very challenging for you to be able to hear God's voice because of all the voices that are going on around us. It's like surround sound sometimes, and there's voices everywhere, and they're all pointed at us. I mean, it can be our family, it can be our friends, it can be our community, our culture, our school, our work, even our own church that play a part in trying to help us determine the direction of our life and where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do and, and, and really identify what matters most in life. There's so many voices that we can hear all around us. And it's really important that we quiet ourselves down and realize that there's only one voice that truly matters, and that is the voice of God. 
And that's why we're doing a series this, I'm sorry, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. It started yesterday. My wife posted an amazing video this morning on Facebook, so go ahead and watch it. And each day, my wife and I will kind of uh, each share that, just share a thought with you. But the point of this 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting isn't because we want to be better than other people or it's because it's what we do as holy people. I just want to know Jesus better. I just want to hear his voice more clearly. I just want to know what God has for my life. I just want to know what God has for our church. I just want to know him better and know myself better and and get all some things on my life that maybe are unhealthy, kind of maybe go to the wayside. This is a great time for you to do some sort of fasting. Maybe it's not food. Maybe it's just social media or maybe you don't watch that Netflix show for the next three weeks or maybe you do fast food. You do a Daniel fast where you only eat vegetables and fruit or maybe you fast food completely or, or maybe you just fast McDonald's. You should just do that anyways, hallelujah. But like, you know, like whatever, like maybe whatever it is for you, silence some voices, some, ish, uh, some things in your life that might be competing for God's voice and center yourself and God will begin to speak to you because God's voice is the only thing that matters in our life. But how do we hear God's voice? How do we hear his voice? As I stated last week, one of the primary ways, not the only way, but one of the primary ways that we hear God's voice is through reading the Bible. This is how we confirm his word and who he is. And the more you know God's word, the easier it is to hear his voice. So I want to give you this morning, very simple, three things about knowing God's word. Three realities about knowing God's word. They're very simple, but the reason I'm keeping it simple is because this year, we want to make the basics beautiful. We want you to master the basics of being a follower of Jesus Christ. We don't want you just to master how Jesus is going to return in however many thousands of years. We want you to master the very basic, fundamental, supernatural things of what it means to live an abundant life for God, to live the life that God wants for you. And so we're going to keep the basics beautiful. And so three very simple things, three very basic things, three realities of of knowing God's word. Here's the first one is this. The more you know God's word, the more you will know Jesus, who is the truth. Come on, don't you want to know God better? We're in a big search for truth in our world. Don't you want to know the truth? Don't you want to know what the truth is? This comes by knowing God's word. Look at this verse. This next verse is very short, but it's Jesus talking to his disciples, but he's praying to his father, but Jesus is kind of around his disciples. And this is what he says. He says, I have given them your word. Jesus is talking to, about his disciples. He's talking to the father. I have given them your word. That word word there is the word logos. It's the written word. It's, it's like the doctrines or teachings or the decrees or the moral precepts of God. It's a weighty saying. It's, it's things that have been written, the doctrine or the ideas of God. John wrote this word down and Jesus used this word to describe what Jesus was bringing to the earth. And in fact, John wrote a little bit more about this word logos in the very first few verses of the book of John. Now, those of you who don't know, John was Jesus's best friend. John was the closest one to Jesus in his life. They were BFFs. They shared the BFFs. You know, they brought the hearts together. Every time they got together, it was like, oh, Jesus. They were like so best friends. And this is what John wrote about Jesus. He said this, in the beginning was the word, logos. And the logos, the word was with God. And the word, logos, was God. Look at this, he was 
So now he changes it to a person. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. He said in the beginning, before there was a world, there was the Logos. And this Logos, Paul then, or John here goes from talking about this idea of this Logos written word, and he takes it from, a, from an idea of, of the written word, and he turns it into Jesus. What he's saying here is that Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the Logos. Jesus was present in the very beginning with God. Jesus is the creator God. Jesus is the eternal God. Jesus was with God prior to the earth. Jesus became human to live among us. Jesus is the second person of the Godhead. This Jesus that we're talking about, Jesus says, I came to give them your word. This Logos word is Jesus. Listen, so when you read the Bible, guess what? You are reading Jesus. The Logos word is Jesus. So, so Jesus is saying in this verse in John 17, 14, that the, the word that has been given to us, the Father's word, the sayings of God, the moral precepts, precepts to live on, the doctrine or the teaching to live by is Jesus, the person of Jesus. God, the word, the truth. The truth is, is a person and his name is Jesus. Look at this in John 17, 14. Jesus continues. I'm sorry, John 17, 17. He says this, sanctify them by the truth. Look at this. Your logos, your word is truth. So Jesus identifies that the word of God is truth and Jesus identified and John articulated just a few moments ago in John 1 that Jesus is this logos, which means Jesus is truth. So when you read the Bible, you're reading Jesus. When you read the Bible, you're reading truth. When you read the Bible, you're learning what truth is. I want to tell you today, the Bible is not true because you believe it. The Bible is true whether you believe it or not. It's just truth. So if you say, well, I don't really think that it's accurate or true. Well, it doesn't really matter what we think in our opinion in this relative world. The reality is Jesus declared right here that the Logos, Jesus, is truth. The word of God is truth, all-encompassing truth. And every time you read your word, you are learning about Jesus. You are learning about who Jesus is. Look at this. Jesus, just one chapter later, is on trial to be murdered. John chapter 18. He's talking with Pilate. And Jesus says this, actually, I was born. So Jesus was a human and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Now listen, Christianity, now I don't like using the word Christianity because it was actually a derogatory term that they used in scripture to mock Christians. So if you're here today and you say, well, Christianity is a religious term used to identify those who follow God. In reality, I'm not a Christian. I'm a disciple and follower of Jesus Christ because I don't like religion. Now, I call myself a Christian because it makes sense in our modern context. But just for the, so when I use the word Christian, it sounds very, very religious. I want you to know, it's just a term used in the, in the New Testament. They use it as a derogatory term to defame the Christians. They call them, oh, you're like a little Jesus. Ooh, you're like, you're like little Jesus. Thank you, Andrew. I thought that was funny too. I keep Andrew here just for that. Uh. Christianity is not just based on various teachings. 
Listen, Christianity is based on the life and the character of Jesus Christ. Christ didn't come to teach Christianity. He is Christianity. Most religions are based on philosophical propositions or theological ideas. If you remove Christ from Christianity, it doesn't exist. Without Christ with Christianity, it's useless. In the religion of Islam, if you remove Muhammad from Islam, the religion stays intact because it's not based on Muhammad, it's based on teachings, not a person. Without Christ, Christianity is useless, so the teachings of the Bible aren't true because they're necessarily superior or the theological concepts are superior. The Christianity or the, the teachings of the Bible are true because it's about Jesus. And Jesus is the truth. So we have to understand that when we read the Bible, when you study the Bible, when you look to the Bible, you begin to know Jesus better and you read his word, you say, well, some people have said, well, I can, Jesus is bigger than his Bible. Well, I think that's not a really accurate statement because Jesus is confirmed through scripture. So you're here today say, Ryan, how in 2020 can I see life change in my life? Well, firstly, you gotta start with truth. Yes. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. And for you to experience actual truth in your life, this Bible is the only way. And together, we can study the word of God and begin to learn who Jesus is and recognize that Jesus is truth. The second one is this. The more you know God's word, the more your life is transformed. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. I want to hear a little bit of an amen because I hope you want this. Come on. The more you know God's word, the more your life is transformed. A regular intake of God's word will help you see breakthrough in your life that you are wanting and you are desiring. Look at this in John 17, 17, same, verse, same chapter. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Okay, so sanctify them by your word. That word sanctify simply means to, to purify. It means to see internal and external change. The word means to cleanse from the inside. Look at this. The word literally means to free from guilt. To release your soul from emotional bondage. To make sacred or holy. So what does it mean? Simply put, when you read the Bible, guess what? You become sanctified, which means this. You become more like Jesus. And when you become more like Jesus, your life is transformed. But it requires you and I to read the word and recognize and be open with our lives knowing that when I read the Bible, I'm reading Jesus. And every time I read the scripture, even if I don't see it, even if sometimes I'm doing it out of a religious checkbox, now hear me, I'm not into religion. I don't encourage you to be religious about it, but I would rather you be religious about reading the word than try to be holy and not read the word. Doesn't make any sense. Even if you're doing it out of just a checkbox, I want you to know there's still something happening. That's how powerful God's word is. So you say, well, I'm not gonna read the word because I don't wanna be religious. Well, let me encourage you. It would be better for you just to read the word than to never read the word because you don't wanna be religious. <laughs> I think the first option is a better option. Now you gotta work on your heart and make sure we're not being religious and make sure we're not doing things just because we don't believe in religion. We believe in doing it because we want a personal relationship with God. But when you read your word, you're transformed. Yeah. You're transformed in your life, but we have to be willing to hear and obey it. Yeah. 
Now look at this. This is an amazing verse. What is God's ultimate plan for your life? If you're here today. Say, Ryan, I'm new to church. I'm new today. What's God's plan for my life? Well, look at this verse in John 10, 10. I read it many different ways. A thief, or the, the other verse says, the devil, Satan, the enemy of your soul, has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal from you. He wants to slaughter you. He wants to destroy you. But I, Jesus talking, but Jesus has come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Now, I just gave you good news. Come on, he wants to give you everything in abundance. He wants to give you more than you expect. He wants to give you a full life, such a full life that it begins to overflow with abundance and joy and life and peace and community and hope and faith. God wants your life to be an abundant life. That's God's plan for you, not a mediocre life, over-the-top life. And look what this verse says in 1 Peter 3. Everything we could ever need for life and everything we would ever need for complete devotion to God has already been given to you, has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who's called, you, called us by his name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. I want you to know today that not only does he have a plan, but he's also provided you with everything that you need, everything you need for life and everything that you need to be a, a crazy, awesome, amazing follower of Jesus Christ to experience the abundant life. Guess what? It has already been given to you. Amen. In your, era, in your struggle right now, you're here today Say, Ryan, I've sinned too much and I've made too many mistakes and I've been too far away. Listen, God is so good. He's so rich in mercy that even when you and I were still enemies of God, when we were godless, Jesus came at just the right time and he died for you. That's what this is saying. You might be in a place of your life where you are far gone and you've got sin in your life and you're, you, you're angry at God or you're angry at the church or you're bitter in life. You've got unforgiveness. Whatever your situation is, I have good news for you today. If you believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and you believe that God can change your life, I have good news for you. You have been given everything that you need in life and he's deposited in you already. Even in the area of sin in your life, he's given it to you to live an abundant life, to live above and beyond. God wants you to have that. Amen. He has it for you. He wants to give it to you. So he has the plan and he has the provision, but the problem is, is that there are so many different things that keep us back from having this abundant life. So many things that keep us from walking. And for the next six weeks, we'll, we'll touch on a few of those things that keeps us back from experiencing the abundant life. But today, I, just wanna, I think one of the biggest ones is old ways of thinking. Destructive thinking. Our minds. A lot of us can look the part of religion or look the part of a Christian, but in reality, our minds, the destructive thinking of our mind, the old way of thinking in our brains are actually keeping us from getting over the hump in our walk with God. And you've been this way for a long time and you, you may be caught up in negative thinking about your life or thoughts about who you are or the mistakes you've made or the, the, you know you missed your chance or maybe you're not this or maybe you're not that or maybe you should have been this or you may shouldn't have been that. The destructive thinking in our brains is what keeps us back from experiencing abundant life. And look what the scripture says, Romans 12 too. 
Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Silence the voices around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how, how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Listen, we have the opportunity here to see actual total reformation and transformation, and it comes by how you think. Your mind is transformed and your mind is renewed when you have God's word in your mind. Your mind won't just be renewed by doing 30 minutes on the elliptical every day. What helps? Your mind won't just be renewed by taking that antidepressant pill. It could help. Your mind just won't be renewed by drinking juice only fast and not doing sugar and doing yoga and hot yoga sometimes too because it's hot. <laughs> It must be better. The way for you to destroy the destructive thinking of your mind is to read Jesus. That's the way you and I can see real change in our life is when we recognize that the word of God is like a living sword. Look at this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It ain't dead and weak. It's alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So the word of God speaks truth to you about you. When you read the word, you might not realize it, but what's happening is it's actually cutting deep down into your life and it's pointing out different thoughts or desires or ways of thinking that God says, I never taught you that. That's not actually how I see you. That's actually not how those people see you. That's actually not how you were wired. That's actually not what I intended for you. Do you know that down to your most thoughts and desires when we read God's word, you might not be, you might be reading in Leviticus 15 and think, what does this have to do with anything in my life? It doesn't really matter. It's alive and it's powerful and it cuts deep to the emotions and the thoughts of your thinking. Look at this verse in Acts 16. Paul's talk, walking along the, the water looking for a place of prayer and he starts teaching on the word of God. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in the purple cloth and she was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. She heard God's voice and as she, as she heard God's word and that word open means to divide. She's standing there and she hears God's word and God divided down to the depths of her heart, cut deep into her heart so that her heart would be open to hear what God was saying. Do this in James 1. You're only fooling yourselves. Word, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. So this means that the word of God has a supernatural ability like a mirror to look inside of our lives and tell us who we are. Tell us who we should be. Tell us how we were wired and created. And when we look in that word, to, not, to read it, but not actually believe it or do it, it's like taking the, the Bible away or the mirror away and walking away and saying, what was that about me again? And wh wh what am I like? And, and maybe I am what the enemy says about me. And maybe I am what my dad said about me when I was little and he said I was a waste of time. Or maybe I am what that boyfriend that just broke up with me says that I am. Or maybe, maybe I'm this or maybe I'm that. We immediately forget what the only thing and truth in our life says about us. We forget immediately because we read it, but we don't live a 
life that actually adheres to it and follows after it. Now look what the verse says. This is good news that's about to come. Look what it says. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free. Everybody say free. free. Ah, transformation. If you look carefully into God's word that sets you free. Say, Ryan, I want freedom in my life. Come on, I want freedom. I want freedom from bad thinking. I want freedom from addiction. I want freedom from unforgiveness. I want freedom from bitterness. I want freedom to love again and have hope again and have faith again. 2020, I want to see life change in my life. Well, I have good news for you. If you carefully look into God's word, it will set you free. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, look at this, then God will bless you for doing it. Another translation says, you will be blessed in everything that you do. Hallelujah. I, they don't even charge us for that. It's free. <laughs> You'll be blessed in everything that you do, your business, your work, your life. God will begin to bless you because you've set your eyes upon God's word. Let's jump into the Old Testament for a minute. So many of you have heard this story before, so let me just go into it for those who maybe haven't. Story back in the Old Testament, way far back in Exodus, what God did is God had a group of people who were his people. They were called the people of Israel. They were like God's chosen people. And these chosen people had been in slavery in Egypt for 400 years in bondage and in slavery. 400 years, they were God's people. They were created and intended to be completely free, but they were in bondage for 400 years until one day the people of God recognized that, man, I'm supposed to live an abundant life. God has a great purpose for my life. And so the people of God, they began to cry out to God for breakthrough in their life. Maybe that's like some of you here today. Maybe you're here today and say, Ryan, I have been in bondage for a long time. I've been in bondage for 400 years, it feels like. I've been stuck in my addiction, and I've been stuck in my bitterness, and I've been stuck in my unforgiveness, and I can't trust people anymore, and I I can't seem to make friends anymore and I can't seem to get my finances right anymore. I just feel stuck and I feel in bondage. And you're here today saying, Ryan, I just want to finally experience the freedom that God intended for my life. And here's the people of Israel, stuck in bondage, stuck in this place. God heard their cry, and he raised up a man named Moses, who was an Old Testament picture of a New Testament Jesus. An Old Testament picture named Moses, he raised up by God to bring the people of Israel out of Egypt into their purpose, into their promised land. In the same way, Jesus, he came to earth to bring you out of your old way of life into a new way of life, full of abundance and grace and mercy, out of your old way of thinking into your new way of thinking. Jesus came to do the exact same thing and he raised up Moses and Moses led the people of God out of slavery. And so God had a specific place for them to go. And they were in slavery, and they had a journey for, uh, according to Scripture, it was only supposed to take them, I think, you know, between 10 to 15 days <laughs> to get there. It ended up taking them two years to get to the border. And so he led them on this journey. And if you've read this story before, you recognize that, that this is a beautiful picture of what God wants to do for you, that you come from an old place of slavery and you start your journey. And sometimes it's instantaneous. God transforms you and you have a new mind and you've got this joy in this. But then what happens is, is you'll find as a follower of Jesus, there's about a 15 day, two week, 
two-year journey where you're just trying to get through some stuff in your life and sometimes it sets you back and you got to keep going and they experience bitterness and unforgiveness and there was no water at times there was no food at times and they lacked trust in God and on their journey God had set them free but on their journey to get to the very border of where God called them they experienced so much difficulty until finally they reached the very border of their promised land and this promised land was a land flowing with milk and honey that'd be kind of cool it's like Willy Wonka's factory it's like awesome it's this beautiful place that God has for them with this massive fruit and in the same way God has an abundant life for you that's flowing with overwhelming fullness of joy and an overwhelming fullness of peace and a community that loves you just the way that you are that people who love you and want to partner with you God wants to bring you into the abundant life in 2020 that's what he wants for you he wants to see breakthrough in your life and freedom in your life and here's the people of God just standing on the very precipice of their breakthrough about to go into the promised land and they voted not to go in. See, why did they vote not to go in? Because the process that was gonna be required of them to go through was too difficult. They came to their border, they came to life change, they came to today was a day, and they looked at the journey and said, it's gonna be too difficult for me to, to not be in that relationship any longer. It's gonna to be too difficult for me to, to not think that way. It's gonna to be too difficult for me to let go of this thought. It's gonna to be too difficult for me to get over this addiction. It's gonna to be too difficult for me to trust again. It's gonna to be too hard for me to step into what God has for me. And so they voted to not go into the promised land. And maybe you're here today and you're just like that. You're standing on the border and you say, Ryan, I wanna go in. I've been trying to go in, but I just can't seem to break through. I'm too afraid of what might happen if I let go of that relationship. I'm too afraid of what will happen if I actually let God be in control of my finances. I'm too afraid of what might happen if I let go of the fact that my dad hurt me and I don't want to forgive him because he doesn't deserve it. I'm too afraid of what will happen again. Will I get hurt again? Will I be wounded again? Will I be left in the dust again? What's going to happen? And so the people of God voted in that moment to not go into the promised land. And so they wandered for 38 years. And the scripture says that they basically chased their own tail. They just went in a circle. Over and over again. I just, I'm a, they're followers of God. They, they're Christians. Hey, what do you believe in? Well, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And they just went in the wilderness. But they never, ever walked into what God had for them because they weren't able to actually get past the areas of their life that they were holding on to. And it says in the scripture that they came to the border after 40 years and every single person who voted not to go into the promised land died, as well as Moses. And here we have a young man named Joshua was raised up. And maybe you're here today and you've been a Christian for a long time and you've been walking around and you've been chasing your own tail. You're dead on the inside. You're going around and around and around and around. And you're saying, Ryan, I want to see breakthrough. Come on, this is the day. This is the season. This is the time. This is the month. This is the year when God has something great for your life in 2020. Amen? Amen. And so here they go. They call up Joshua. And Joshua, a young man, is called to lead the people of God into the promised land. And here's Joshua. He's ready to go in. He's got all the people 
The people are ready to go in. And then God must have some crazy strategy to get them through Jericho and to get them through the, the giants and to get them into the land, the abundant life that God has for them. There must be this crazy complex strategy. After all this time, God must have all these things outlined. He go into the, the, the military tent and God's outlined all the steps you need to take. And I mean, imagine the complexity of what God is calling them. What do we have to do to go into our abundant life? What do we have to do to go into our promise? and I want you to know that it was so stinking simple. Look what God said to Joshua before he walked into the promised land. I'll give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river of the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Look what he says. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people and inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law, the word of God, my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law. Keep the word of God. Keep the Bible always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Should I do it in the morning? Should I do it at night? Why don't we do it both? Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and then you'll be successful. The only thing that God gave to him to say, if you want to conquer your giants and you want to go into the abundant life is you got to get the word of God in your life every day every night you got to meditate on it you got to think on it you got to listen to it you got to study it you got to read it read it read it get Jesus the word of God into your life and I want to make a promise to you in 2020 you will take your promised land you will conquer that addiction. You will conquer that unforgiveness. You will conquer that bitterness. You will conquer the things in your life that are keeping you back from experiencing all that God has for you. All comes from one simple thing. Yes. The Bible. Yes. He doesn't die. I want you to make sure you have 100% attendance at church this year. I want to make sure that you give every last dime to God this year. Listen, those things are a response to having God's word in your hearts. Come on. Church, we want to be a people of the Word of God this year. Download the YouVersion app and start a streak this year. Start, start reading your Bible every day. One verse, one thing, just one verse. Meditate on it day and night. And I want to make a promise to you. 90-day money-back guaranteed. Hallelujah. <laughs> that you are going to experience incredible breakthrough in your life. I have one last thought for you. And then we're going to just sing a quick song. Last one is this. The more you know God's Word, the more you believe in who and what God says you are. Look at this verse. For the word of God, that phrase word of God is actually refers to the, the idea of the rhema word, the thing that is spoken over your life. That word right there is the word Greek word rhema. So the logos is the written word. The rhema is the spoken word. So when you're reading the written word, for the word of God, the word spoken over your life is alive and powerful. So when you're reading the Bible in the morning and you're just starting this out, okay, I really don't know where to go and what to do. Gosh, I think I'll start in the book of John. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. 
as you're reading these words, the Logos, as you're reading Jesus in his word, what's going to happen is a rhema word will come. I call this 3D goggles. See, some people say, Ryan, how did you pull that out of there? What's well, just a 3D goggle? God, Holy Spirit just... Remember, the purpose, Jesus said, the purpose of the Holy Spirit coming is to remind you of what Jesus says. So, the only way for that rhema word to come, he illuminates this word. Some people say to me all the time, man, God spoke to me. Woo! Man, I was in the field and I heard it all, you know, the heavens parted and God spoke to me. I said, awesome. Let's confirm that in the Logos word. See, what happens is, is that God begins to speak to you in his word. Psalms 139, you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. And that goes down to the depths of your spirit and takes you back to a moment when you were in, when you were in elementary school and some girl looked at you and she called you some mean name. And it was just frivolous for the moment, but it stuck to your spirit. And that seed the devil used for years to give destructive thinking about who you are and how you look. And so now you do all sorts of things to cover up how you look because of one little comment. In one moment, reading that one, you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made destroys the destructive work of the devil in one moment just the rhema word of God now I have something really cool to show you in all last verse here this morning Luke 137 nothing will be impossible with God would you say that with me on the count of three one two three nothing will be impossible with God that word nothing there it's really interesting if you separate it no thing that word thing is actually the word rhema so no rhema will be impossible with God. No word spoken over your life will be impossible for God to fulfill. God comes to you and says, guess what, son? I'm going to give you strength to make it in this marriage. I know it looks like divorce is coming around the corner, but I'm going to speak a word to you because God says, I will never leave you, nor I will forsake you. Guess what? If God says that, that's what he meant. His, his rhema word, nothing will be impossible for God to bring restoration to your marriage. You say, man, God, he says to you, guess what? I'm going to bring you peace in your life. When you've been struggling with anxiety your entire life, I'm going to bring you peace. Guess what? It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. But God's rhema word is not impossible. Whatever God says over your life, it will come to pass. Because nothing, no rhema will be impossible with God. But I want to encourage you today. God speaks rhema words through the written word. Say, Ryan, I want that word for my life. I want God to encourage me. I want God to speak life to me. You got to read the word. You got to get the word in your spirit. You got to get it in your heart. You got to get it in your mind. And guess what God's going to do? He's going to begin to drop rhema words to you. He's going to begin to speak life to you. He's going to start saying things to your life. Say, hey, I want to tell you that relationship. I want to speak prophetically to you right now. God's going to speak to you and say, you need to get out of that relationship that you're in. It's destructive for your life. And God will show you right in the word. It'll speak it to you. And it'll go deep in your heart. And it will change the trajectory of your entire future. All because we became people of the word you want wisdom for your business you want wisdom for your marriage you want wisdom for your parenting you want to figure out how to become emotionally stable hallelujah <laughs> you want to have less drama in your life in 2020 come on put your hand in the air if you want less drama in 2020 read the word it's alive it's living it's active it's powerful this is the key this is it God's word Man, would you stand to your feet?
want every eye closed in this place today, if you would. Just every eye closed. You can bow your head. You can lift your head. You can shake your head. I don't really care. Just close your eyes. Come on, you're here today, and maybe you're here, and you haven't been to church in a while, or maybe you've been far from God, or feel like your relationship with him is wavering you heard this today and you say man I, I never realized that God actually has an abundant life for me God's not angry at you God doesn't want to punish you he wants to love you he wants a relationship with you you're here today and you say Ryan I think I'd like to start a journey with God again maybe you've never accepted Christ and never started a relationship with him or maybe you did it one time but you've kind of struggled and now you're here today and God brought you here to this moment just to respond to this one moment right here I'm not going to embarrass you I'm not going to call you forward I'm not going to point you out all I want you to do is at the count of three I want you to quickly push your hand in the air and then put it right back down put your hand in the air put it right back down just so I can pray with you uh, in the mic today out loud I'm going to pray for everybody here today and you say, Ryan, I'd like to start a journey with Jesus. I want to acknowledge that I want to start a journey with God today. I want a relationship with him. I want to experience the abundant life that he has for me. Come on, on the count of three. One, come on, don't be afraid. I'm not going to embarrass you. Two, come on, God brought you here today for this very moment. One, two, three. Come on, just place your hand in the air just real quick. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. Come on. Come on, anybody else today? Come on, this is your moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you forward. I just want to pray with you right out loud. Come on, anybody else? Come on, raise your hand with this young lady here today. Okay, church. Come on, would you repeat after me today, church? Come on, real loud. Jesus, I come to you today. Come on, real loud. Jesus, I come to you today. Jesus, I come to you today. I need you in my life. I heard the message today. I heard the message today. And you spoke to my heart. You spoke to my heart. I want to give my life to you. I want to give my life to you. I don't know what that fully means. I don't know what that fully means. But I do know. But I do know that today. That today. I want to start a relationship I with want you. To start a relationship with you. So I give you my life. So I give you my life. Forgive me of every sin in my life. Forgive me of every sin in my life. I come life. to you today. I come to you today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.